Blockchain, crypto, NFTs, DeFi, Metaverse, Web3 is literally eating the world and community builders are the new leaders. Hi everyone, I'm Bilal El Alami, co-founder of Pirates Lab, a startup studio fully dedicated to Web3 startups. In Pirates Land, I'll give the mic to Web3 builders, founders and investors so that we can deep dive with them into what is truly about Web3 entrepreneurship. No conventional bullshit, only creativity, rebellion, and community-driven insights. Hello, Seraphine. Hello, Hilal. I'm super pleased to, uh, to, have, you, uh, to have you on the podcast. Um, it's great to see uh, entrepreneurs like you uh, in, in Paris. Um, so can you quickly introduce yourself, maybe? Yeah, sure. First, very happy to have this uh, chat with you today. Uh, so I'm Serafie Le Tracy. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Cohort, which is a Web3 uh, digital engagement solution for uh, brands and businesses. Uh, before that, I was working at Stratum, uh, which is a, start a blockchain startup again. And before that, I was working in large corp in France and in the UK. So uh, background of large corp, very small startup, very early stage startup. So I've been you know, on both sides. Interesting. Uh, when was your experience at Stratum? So I was a chief operating officer of Stratum from 2018 to uh, the beginning of this year. Okay, super interesting. So you were doing what B2B uh, during the worst time in Yeah, so I remember pitching, you know, Bitcoin blockchain and blockchain at, you know, a large corp in, in 2019. And at that time, I remember people were looking at me like with you know, huge eyes, like she's crazy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I spent like four years there uh, selling uh, traceability of financial flow to large corp. And at the end, we had very large customers in France uh, using our solutions to put traceability in their financial flows. Super interesting. And I heard it was the company where the co-founders of Sorav uh, used to work. Yeah. How, how were they on a daily basis? Yeah, so I only spent a few months with these guys. So I was recruited as Stratum by Nicolas Julia. So he was my boss for a few months. A great guy. I can't say, uh, I've, I've not worked a lot with him, but he was a really good guy. And uh, what I can say is when they decided to launch Soha, I was like, everyone around us were like, okay guys, good luck. Good luck <laughs> with that. <laughs> so I guess we missed the point. But um, I guess thanks to these guys, I had the, uh, I discovered NFTs and the NFT technology. So uh, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, but Stratum at the time was a bit um, a group of like really huge blockchain enthusiasts, and many of these guys uh, went to other blockchain uh, companies or they they started their blockchain companies. Super interesting. I was yesterday with uh, Laszlo from Skills, which was renamed Kin, yeah. also another OG that uh, that is doing pretty well in the ecosystem. Um, all right, thanks for for the introduction. Let's 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 dig in a little bit into you. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in in Paris, uh, and I in a family of three kids. Okay. Uh, my family was a, fam a family of scientists and doctors, so. When I told them, you know, at 18 that I was going to join a, like, do the, the prepa for business schools, they looked at me like I was like, like, I didn't understand something, you know. I remember my father looking at me and saying, like, why, you know, <laughs> why would you do business? 
but I, I started this, this. but I, I guess the science background is really important in my life, I mean, in my education. I, I o o always enjoyed, you know, math and, and science. So I already keep, kept that in my mind, and I think maybe it's one of the reasons why I'm, I love blockchain, because it's very, there is a lot of math in it, crypto, so I, I, I like this kind of stuff. And, and how would you define uh, the, the, the shift? Was it like... Uh, uh, in opposition of your parents, or oh. is there someone that influenced this choice when you were um, younger, or many people? Maybe. Yeah, I guess you know, um, maybe it's maybe it's a bit of opposition. So no, I, I, I guess I need to go to a, to a <laughs> to do a therapy. But yeah, I guess there is a part of that. Um, I wanted to do my own stuff. My brother is a is a doctor. My other brother was in science, and I said, okay, I want to do my own thing, and, and I chose this path. Uh, so you're the youngest uh, among yeah, the three. Yeah, okay. I'm the yeah, I'm the little sister. I have two other brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so, is there someone who influenced you uh, as a young kid? You were looking up to I don't know. Was it just Steve Jobs from the US, or maybe your uncle who was an engineer? Or yeah, no, I, I've always been very fascinated by uh, entrepreneurs. I guess uh, I remember my older brother was like a huge fan of Elon Musk from the very beginning. You know, I remember. He was talking about this guy like from the PayPal days, <laughs> and I guess in my childhood I was influenced by the guy at eBay. Okay. It's very early, you know, web entrepreneur, and I remember I don't know why the bubble, the dot com crisis, very vividly. Okay. Like I was a kid, but I remember like following the news and so uh, something yeah around that uh, I enjoyed this kind of uh, entrepreneur stories. Interesting. And, and would you mind like sharing uh, the origin of the, of the project? How did you end up um, at Cohort being the CEO here at the Office of eFounders? Yeah, so um, I guess it's really linked to my previous experience at, at Stratum. So uh, I spent four years at Stratum working in the blockchain SaaS company. I was the CEO. Um, I loved it. You know, I, I had the most amazing years. Uh, we had a lot of fun. It was really hard. We discovered a lot of stuff. Very hard, very hard. But every day I learned something. And I said, okay, there is no way I'm, I'm going to go back now to uh, a larger company or to something else. And I knew I wanted to stay in blockchain. And the company was sold at the very beginning of the year. And I, and I knew two things. I want to stay in blockchain. And I want to start my own company because Stratum was a complicated story uh, with a lot of different uh, with founders leaving the company. This time I wanted to be, you know, uh, to have my own yeah. uh, company. So it was really important to me. And um, when you were, when you used to work to cor with corporates, was it in retail? Why in retail? No, it was in. Uh, so Stratum it was in financial services, and I knew something as well for a court is I wanted to do something else. Meaning, I didn't want to uh, work in the large enterprise uh, space because today, uh, you know, it has changed quite a while in the last decade. I guess ten years ago, you could be successful with like five to ten million in the large enterprise game. Now you need to have 20, 30, 40 millions to make it work. And in France, it's still very hard to get this kind of funding. You know, very early in the company, so. Uh, oh, yeah, large enterprise is exhausting, so it's a resilience game. Uh, I wanted to do something with a high pace, fast, you know, so um, Cohort is, uh, is a SaaS made and designed for small and medium brands, and that's what I love, you know, every, every week we have a new customer, it's every week we have uh, two, three new projects, you know, 
and and that's the great thing about you know uh, SMBs and mid market. All right, super interesting. And can you describe a little bit of your, your solution? What what does it bring to brands? Uh, how do you proceed? Do you have an example to share? Yeah, sure. So what we do with Accord is we provide a a new engagement channel for brands to reinvent customer relationship online. So we see two things. First, customers want more privacy, more control over data. They are fed up with you know data monetization by the big GAFAM. And the second thing is that they want more experiences, they want more you know, intimacy with brands, they want more um, you know, sense in their relationship with the, with the brands. And these two things together create like, a need for something else. And then come NFTs, which are bringing two great things. The first thing is data privacy, and the second thing is interoperability. Meaning that with one NFT, you can do like, a lot of different stuff. And I think these two things together means that we have the perfect tool for brands to reinvent uh, customer engagement online. And what we do with Cord is to make that accessible to every single brand, from uh, like a two-man shop to a mid-market company like uh, Etam, with whom we were, we're working for, uh, since like uh, day one, I guess. Super interesting. Uh, let me think of maybe another question. Um, what? What was hard, hard in, in, in the execution of, of this vision? Um, you know, it's right. always like um, um, fairly, fairly easy to have ideas, um, a little bit more harder to, to build the product, but then you always have a lot of complexity, specifically when you're working with corporates, like, I don't know, legal processes, compliance, mm. uh, authorization from the uh, head of fidelity or whatever. Can yeah, you share so, a little bit some of those con constraints? So yeah, so I think having worked in large enterprise I've had a lot for me because I spent four years, you know, navigating large corporates and a complex sales cycle. So I know when you need to engage and when you need to drop. So I'm very harsh with sales qualification. So I do one meeting and if I see it's going nowhere because I see that there is, you know, something else in the background, like a competitor very well anchored in the place or something else, I just kill the opportunity. <laughs> and I think it's the only way for me to go quick when you're like very constrained in terms of resources because at court we are seven, which is uh, and and including five in tech, so it's only two of us, of us doing marketing, sales, business, and ops. So we can't do everything. So my only advice to like uh, early stage entrepreneurs is like uh, you kill, kill, kill opportunities when it's not you know leading somewhere. Being very harsh with that because otherwise you can be. You're going to be called every day by consulting firm, like trying to do innovation with large corp, mm. by you know advisors, by this kind of stuff. Just don't do it. That's really the the key thing. Yeah, it reminds me one uh, one thing that uh, one of my first investors told me. He told me like, yeah, your job as a CEO is to close doors. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and I um, fully agree with that. And uh, all right, and do you have a community around cohort, or is it like? mainly focused on, on a B2B stage, or how do you help also the companies uh, manage their communities? Yeah, so it's something that we are really, we are wanting to expand in this area, because today we are, so Core is a SaaS solution, so it's really much a product, but it's very early days for um, Web3, so you can't really expect your customers to do it by themselves and to you know, figure it out in two of weeks. Course. So we are going to expand in that, what we are going to do first is to um, 
that creates uh, templates and playbooks for our brands. You know, we're working on that with a, a pool of um, of content writers to really, you know, help our customers to uh, to yeah to educate themselves. And what we're doing right now is to create campaign templates to help uh, other brands, you know, to jump in the in the train and to start. So we are going to to do this kind of stuff. And I spend. Well, what does it mean? Like you want to create. A a, 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 a chat messagery so that people can discuss among themselves? What, what does it mean? So you want to help them use Discord? Yeah, so what we're going to do is we are going to create our own community around our, you know, our solution because we can... NFTs are Okay, so you're talking that. on a cohort standpoint. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to create... Yeah, because I think cohort as a whole, like uh, other players have, like Ariane, like you, who are doing a great job in educating the market and we need to take part in that. And the best way for me is to for prospects to start playing with NFTs. So what we can do as court is use our products to make them, you know, learn. Experiments, okay. Experiments, you know. So we are going to create like a learning course on court, free. Okay. So people can just start, you know, playing with NFTs. Super, uh, super nice, super nice, super nice, okay. Um, and so, okay, so right now you have like this, this SaaS software that allows brands to uh, create custom-made NFTs mm. for, for some token-gated experiences. And there is this very important matter around the community management. Mm. Um, what's, what's, what are you thinking of to add also to, to the software to, to make it more, uh, I don't know, digestible or, mm. or a, a one-stop shop? Or <coughs> so our ambition at the end is to reach a self-service software. So. Mm -hmm. Very low touch in terms of customer support and customer success, because it's the only way that we are going to reach mass adoption. I think there is plenty of offers today for very large corporate and lux luxury, which are more like on an agency-based model, you know, where you have a lot of people doing the work for you. What we want to do with Court is to make it as, I mean, so simple that even uh, like a mid-market company can use it by, by uh, uh, themselves. So I'm a bit, you know, I, I don't know, I don't want to, to become like a, a consulting company, you know, and having like a ton of people around me doing customer yeah. reports and customer success. And We're not entrepreneurs for that. <laughs> yeah, it's not the right way. So if you can't figure it out with your product, it's because something is not working in a way. Okay. You know, if you have to put a lot of resources in market education and, and product adoption, there is something wrong in, with your product, I guess. I mean, it's my feeling, huh? Yeah, no, clearly, uh, in the onboarding or whether the, the, the whole positioning of the product. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, 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 okay. Let's 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 switch to the to the next uh, to the next subject uh, the next subject in, in my podcast. It's it's more around the, the founder that you are. Yeah. Um, if if you look back. Um, what do you find hard jumping into Web3? Like 2018, doing B2B was, was really hard. Okay, you said it was challenging and, 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 and exciting at, at, at the same time. But um, is it like the, 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 the spread of the resources that are not really easy to, to know, uh, go look for mm. and, and aggregate and make your own opinion? Or is, is there something else? Maybe the community is not really reliable. Yeah, so I guess the first thing uh, which was hard is to reboot your mental uh, framework, you know, because when you go in Web3, 
I think you have to learn a lot of new things and forget about stuff you learned before. So that's the first thing. I guess the second thing was um, uh, meeting new people because it's, uh, Web3, at the very beginning, it was a very different community uh, like of people like really um, and which are either like hardcore blockchain builder, like back engineers, you know, very much into hackers. the tech, hackers. <laughs> or you had a lot of people like gravitating around it, which were not always that, uh, you know, trustworthy. Okay. So I think you had to filter a lot in the, at, the t at the time in the blockchain yeah. space. Uh, but now it has changed. I think it has changed so much. You have great people who joined the, the, this domain. And the ecosystem has like developed uh, tremendously. Yeah. tremendously yeah. And Paris is a definitely a nice place to be here. Um, I, I, I've been to London. It's it's great, but there is definitely another vibe. And in, in Lisbon, it's also nice, but there is definitely another vibe. Like here, you have like builders who, who wants to uh, yeah, conquer like, the world. <laughs> exactly. I think you have very serious guys wanting to really do big things and. You know, I mean, we have the Ledger guys, you have the Sora guys, but you have um, Multis, Morpho, Angle, you have so many stuff, you know, in Paris. I, I feel confident we are in the right, right place right now to build like huge Web3 uh, uh, corporates. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, we, we have our chances and we already have huge corporates, Ledger, yeah. uh, Sorare, mm. um, who, who, who else can we call Sandbox is also here in yeah. Paris. Yeah. So, um, and, and soon cohort and, and again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we will do even better. Um, yes. And, and, and again, looking back to, to, your, to your journey, um, is there something you would do differently or is there something you would have wished you had before? So, yeah, maybe I, I think uh, in turn, back in 2018, 2019, um, it was the first big crypto winter. And I remember at Stratum, we were hesitating without playing down the blockchain aspect to make it less blockchain-y, okay. to make it easier to sell, yeah. or invest hardcore in blockchain. And I think at the, at, at, the, at the time, we chose first option, you know, trying to play down the blockchain aspect. But I think we should have done the, the opposite and invest like, hardcore in the blockchain uh, tech and the blockchain, you know, uh, value prop. And so I think it was my big learning of the first crypto winter is don't be afraid. I mean, it's going to recover. And I totally agree with you uh, know, because uh, I had kind of the same trouble with, with Equisafe. And what I've, what, the hardest thing is to sell something where you're in the middle of two mega trends, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and people are looking at you and they're like, um, but you're blockchain or you're, you're not? Um, so why are you putting blockchain if you're not? <laughs> exactly. So you should really choose, stick to your convictions and invest hardcore in blockchain because that's, that's what you need to do. So that, that would be my big learning if I just you know, uh, look back. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a very good point. Thank you. Um, do you have any like newsletters, podcasts, uh, books uh, you, you, you follow or, or you... Uh, the book, I mean, I'm not reading a lot of you know, management books and stuff because I found it very... I mean, you, if you read 10 pages, you have pretty much the whole book, you know? <laughs> uh, there is one I really love, but it's a classic. It's the, um, uh, Crossing the Chasm okay. uh, on, you know, how to sell and put to market a very early stage innovation. Okay. Uh, and this is the only really useful book I, I read on, you know, creating early stage startup because it tells, it tells it all. Then you have books from Horowitz, you know, the hard things, but the hard things, are, which are interesting. But this one is really, really good. 
And in terms of podcast, I really enjoy. Uh, it's a very, it's a classic one, but I enjoy uh, uh, listening to uh, Generation Do It Yourself because you have so many different kind of profiles, you know, that you learn each time something different. So I, I like this kind of podcast, very generalist. And on Web3, I guess um, I like what uh, the guy from Redpoint, Tom Tungunz, is writing. I don't know this guy. It's very interesting because he's not that much into DeFi. Is a bit more into uh, Web3 CRM marketing, okay. which is a bit you know fresh, you know, because DeFi we have uh, a lot of uh, literature on that, and this guy is looking at Web3 and CRM, so uh, I would recommend that. Okay, okay, okay. Can you say the name again, please? Tom Tunguns. Okay. He's working at Redpoint, which is a US VC. Okay. Ah, yes, Redpoint. Yeah, I heard about it. Okay, okay, okay. And are you following some newsletter in the ecosystem or some Twitter profiles? Yeah. That so yeah, I'm, I'm following the big way, okay. which I think they are doing a great job. Uh, your Pirates Lab newsletter, Thank you. of course. <laughs> uh, that would be the main two. And on Twitter, I'm like, not that much really. I'm trying not to spend too much time because. Uh, you can be very distracted by uh, you know this kind of stuff. So I'm trying to focus on on very few sources. Okay, yeah, probably right. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have like daily routines that uh, uh, allows you to maximize the efficiency that you have like every day? So one thing I'm trying to do, but I'm not really good at it. I'm, I need to learn more. Is to say no. So I like doing stuff. I like meeting people. So and I remember when I joined Founders, this guy told me the hard thing with when you're a CEO is to say no. So I'm trying every day now to tell me, at the, at the end of the day, I'm trying to say, okay, how many things did you say no to? You know? <laughs> Just to see if I'm trying to stick to my uh, engagement, my okay. commitment. So I should, do, I should do more of that because, um, as you know, time is the only thing you, you're lacking of, really, yeah. I mean, money as well, but that's, uh, that's not the issue. I mean, time is the real, the real resources when you're creating a startup. It's the next frontier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, trying to say no to a lot of things. And then uh, I think the thing I, I'm really working on right now is um, team communication, because um, I'm very inspired by other teams, like, you know, the Alan guys who are a bit extreme in that. You yeah, know? how does their model can work? <laughs> you know, I'm like, uh, this is blowing my mind, this stuff, because mm. I love speaking to people and I love, uh, but I really see what they, uh, what they, you know, what they say about, you know, uh, having every single decision documented, um, having team discussion documented. Yeah, it makes sense. But for me, it's really, really hard to do. So I'm trying yeah. to find our way at core to do that. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, for me, I, I found it very surprising that everyone has the assiduity to, to just do it. <laughs> and I thought, I think it's on GitLab, no? That they track yeah, everything? So how does like... <laughs> and, and what I learned is that uh, even their like reviews, end of year reviews are public. So you can go and check what your teammates are doing and true, stuff. True, true. They have a very transparent approach as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's particular. I'm, I'm, I'm a very transparent guy within, within, within Paris Lab and Dogani. Mm. Um, but like my CFO doesn't want me to be transparent. <laughs> <laughs> my HR manager doesn't yeah. want me to be transparent. So it's really hard to you know, bring everyone uh, to, towards this, uh, this, uh, this way of doing. And, yeah. and hard to find the balance as well. Um, so lately, like the, the market was a pretty big shit show. Oh yeah. Um, uh, what um, 
What's your take on, on what happened and, uh, and the impact on the market? First thing is like, I mean, greed, 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 greed. I mean, humans, the human being is, doesn't change, huh, mm -hmm. for sure. I think my take is that I was not really in favor of regulation, just, you know, because sometimes I think regulation is like too, uh, you know, um, Really constraining. Yeah, yeah, but it's not very fine enough to enable innovation and to really understand what is what, you know. But this time, I said, okay, it's the only way. It's the only way to protect people and the market from this kind of, you know, shit show, which is uh, harming the whole ecosystem. And uh, so, I guess now I'm I'm ready for it, you know, uh, on the DeFi, on, on not on DeFi, on, on centralized finance, and if, of course on DeFi we need to have like. Regulation coming in now. It's the time. Uh, I'm so for me it has changed that really. Okay. I was like very much like let people do their stuff. Don't regulate. Uh, um, you know people want to build great things, but no, some people don't want to build great things. They just want to make money. Mm. So uh, I'm ready for regulation now. That, so <laughs> I guess that's the only thing changed in my mind. And and my other take is that uh, uh, maybe it's a good thing in a way. Maybe it's the it's the end of this speculative crypto craziness and we're going to move to another phase where you know the value of cryptocurrencies are linked to the value of the blockchain protocol you know so for instance um, we were using polygon it's a great protocol so uh, this crypto this cryptocurrency you know uh, should take value over time you know but because it's really much used and there is a lot of value in the network so i would expect more correlation between cryptocurrencies and the value of the protocol and the actual usage. That would be good, definitely. Um, well, but then there is many things because I, I'm, I'm also very um, uh, critical on, on, on specifically FTX, if you're talking about mm. FTX, that yes, indeed, we need like <clears throat> some regulation in, in the crypto asset, crypto market, or blockchain, whatever. But um, there are also some, uh, um, how can I say, I mean, like, Investment funds invested in a company at 32 billion without asking for a board. Crazy. So Crazy. there was like many layers that was like <laughs> destroyed before the, the crypto regulation. Of course. Uh, um, as well, and, and 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 I mean that's that's crazy. I mean, but coming back to to last year, yeah, everybody was super high. Yeah, of course. Everybody was definitely super high, and um, and yeah, it's, it's also. But yeah, it was super high. But uh, in a way, uh, you know, this valuation craziness of last year, I think it was really. It's going to be very hard for some entrepreneurs now because yeah. they have to recover from crazy valuation. I don't know. They raised like you know uh, one million uh, valuation a Serie A or or a seed. But what's next now? You know, yeah. what is the upside left for them? You know, uh, they're going to go. Uh, they're going to have like massive dilution. Uh, it's going to be very hard for the coming two years. So. This, the, yeah, it was the VC craziness, and they have a. Uh, I think I'm a bit worried that you're going to have a lot of uh, difficult stories for entrepreneurs next year. Yeah. A lot yeah. of, uh, you know. It's going to be challenging, but like we've passed the, 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 previous, uh, the previous crisis. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm thinking of all the, the young entrepreneurs who, you know, were. Did, couldn't raise funds or were, were waiting to have more KPIs to raise funds. Now it's like super hard. Everybody's going to go hibernation mode yeah. uh, for the next at least nine months. And, 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 and we'll see like the, 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 the most resilient people uh, after, after this. 
Um, to finish our, our, our discussion, I like to, to, to have this ritual of you know, asking uh, uh, <laughs> funny questions. Um, the first one is, 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 um, is, is something I've been very much asked, you know, when you're a CEO, you have all your friends who are not necessarily entrepreneurs and they're like often, do, think of yourself, of your balance, etc. Um, and, and I've been like wondering or, or philosophing around this concept of having self-harmony uh, or um, um, uh, balance in your life. Mm. Um, are you more of the balanced people or are you more of the, the harmony people? I'm definitely the harmony people. I really don't care about balance. I mean, I, I'm very... Uh, I don't know. I'm very comfortable with unbalanced things. You know, I I'm, I don't I don't mind when you know something is very hard or something very easy. Uh, I I I'm okay with that. You know, uh, what I like is to have the overall things working for me. So the harmony is very much more important for me than the balancing yeah. because I don't need to have everything equal. You know, uh, it's life. Life is very complicated, very hard, very great. Um, so harmony is very much important for me and I find that in my and I guess my harmony comes a lot from my family as well uh, because it helps me uh, like you know filtering bad news good news and uh, so uh, yeah harmony definitely yeah I'm also I'm, I'm, I'm also one of those and, and the way I see it is that it's more important for me to 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 agree with my situation um, than than having like the same life balance as someone else around me. Like mm. We definitely don't have the same lives, uh, not the same responsibility, not the same constraints. Um, so, so, so your balance is not my balance. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we all have the kind of the same self-definition of harmony. So yeah, for sure. Definitely more, more in the harmony side. Mm. And, and to finish, I, I like to, 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 to have broader, th broader thoughts around um, um, success. Mm. What's a successful entrepreneur? How do you define success? Uh, is there a threshold or a gradient or whatever? What, what, what is success for you? So I'm gonna go for like a Dalai Lama kind of answer, you know. Uh, maybe it's my, my grand age which helps me <laughs> <laughs> figuring out that now. Um, I think like maybe a few years ago, maybe even two years ago, I would tell you like it's like having like a big company and reaching a valuation of X. But now, and I think it's been only a few months now, I've realized that the success is what I do right now, which is enjoying what I do every day, like, like crazy. And having fun, having, meeting new people, great, doing great things, building a team. I think that's the definition of success for me. And I'm, I'm, I'm just happy with that. And I think, so my finding of the, which is like simple as, uh, very simple is, the success isn't in the journey, not in the destination. And that's a big change in my life. And I realized that six months ago, I guess, but it's really true. It's an interesting, that's an interesting take. And it, it, it reminds me of, of, um, of something else. Do you have some um, thoughts around how you could bring, um, how you can be impactful to the, to the, to the society uh, using cohort or What's your answer to your answer to that? Yeah, I wish I, I, I would be. I wish I, I am. I would be. Uh, you know, impactful for society. I think every entrepreneur wants to do something good. Um, I think what I see with Court is the ability to 
we do give back control of our data to customers and, and have better value share for brands and businesses. So that would be the impact I want to have with Cohort is to make it more you know, uh, respectful of people and, and make sure our customers, the brands and businesses gain more value. But I think as a company, what I want to make sure is that uh, we have like one thing which I really enjoy, uh, which, which is really important to me is the um, work-life balance, balance or mm -hmm. harmony. Uh, because um, especially for young parents, being one, I think it's very hard between 30 to 40 to do everything, you know, having um, kids, having a, a good work, uh, you know, and having a nice life uh, around it. And, I think there is a lot of things to do around that, and maybe it's one thing I'm going to work on with Scott. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Serafie. Uh, it was in a very good discussion. Thanks, Bilal. Um, thanks for receiving us in, in the office of, uh, of three founders. Yeah. Um, how many companies are at three founders so far? So we, uh, it's two companies live now, okay. and they have other new companies in the, I think, uh, uh, ready to launch maybe next year. All right, cool. Uh, congrats for, for everything and I wish you the best. Uh, thank you. Thank you project. very much. Thank you, Bilal.